Okay, welcome to Witch Police Radio, episode 5. I'm Sam, and I'm here with... Who are you guys? <laughs> John. Alright, um, yeah, if you guys have been listening to the show, you know we've been doing kind of a, a theme every week, and we pick songs based on the theme. Uh, this week's theme is New York, which uh, I don't think any of us have ever been to New York, but there's a lot of music. I've been to New there. York in my mind. In your mm-hmm. mind, yeah. Lots of times. New York City, right? In my soul. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I don't I don't know anything, about, I mean, all I know about it is from pop culture, really, because I've never been there, so there's a lot of bands from there, but also a lot of songs about it, so. The older I get, the less I want to go to New York. Really? You wanted to go, like, a lot when you were younger? Or? Yeah. Yeah. But you, you get this feeling, too, that New York isn't what it used to be, you know? What do you mean? Well, like, I feel like everyone who was in New York in the golden era, era was, like, talks about how New York's not the same, and it's all... Right. People so still go there trying to like find something, but I guess yeah, you can only find it's like contemporary that, things. It's not like you'll find a new it's movement. Like, it's like that syndrome with like primarily Japanese people who go to who go to Paris right. and are really disappointed. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. I think you've told me about f- that before. I feel like that like that should be a New York thing. Well, what too. are they expecting when they go to Paris? Like, what, cause the, uh, I didn't hear. Really I think they're just like expecting this experience that they've it's, seen in movies mm-hmm. and stuff. Like it's supposed to be everything's in black and white. <laughs> Yeah. Everyone's eating baguettes and wearing braids yeah. and yeah. reading poetry and smoking cigarettes and yeah. philosophizing. Yeah. Um, so New York people are thinking of what though? Like what's the They're gonna do their, go there and do a bunch of heroin and have, have <laughs> a gay experience. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, go to some nightclubs yeah, and dance. dance to some yeah, disco. no, I guess so, yeah, disco and stuff, yeah. So yeah, so anyway, I'm I mean, I don't know, maybe that's what New York is, maybe it's what it isn't, I don't think it matters. I just thought it was a cool idea for a theme just because there's a lot of stuff we all listen to coming out of there or based on that or whatever, so so yeah, I'm going to start it off with um, a song by the band Fear, who are not from New York. They're from Los Angeles. The song is called New York's Alright If You Like Saxophones. Um, <laughs> it's not a very pro-New York song. I mean, it's kind of uh, making fun of New York pretty heavily. Um, I don't know too much about these guys. I've heard a few songs. I like what I've heard in general. Uh, they were started in the 70s, 70s, so kind of the original original sort of punk era. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, this song is notable because they played it on Saturday Night Live in 1981. And like, you know, usually Saturday Night Live is playing big name, you know, top selling bands and stuff. And these guys only got on because John Belushi demanded he wouldn't appear on the show unless they think he's friends with him or something. So that's awesome. That was in his, his contract. Uh, he'd already he'd already quit. I think uh, I think he'd already quit the show, but he was coming back for a guest like spot in one skit. And they were like, okay, yeah. And he said, okay, I'll do this the joke like the skit if you bring Fear on as nice. the musical guest. Okay. So they came on and they brought a bunch that's of a good friend to have. They brought a bunch of punks from the area, like East Coast punks, came to watch them. And, like, Ian McKay was there, apparently, and all those guys. And they came and they just moshed and destroyed the place and everything and, like, caused some severe problems for Saturday Night Live, so. All right. Which is good. Anyway, so it's a good song. Um, Fear, New York's already if you like saxophones. Alright, if you like tobacco, yellow sass, New York's alright, if you like parking, 
right, so I believe we're back. That was uh, Fear and the song called uh, New York Show Ready for like, Saxophones. Right, so I was wondering if if they have saxophone in every song. And, you know, I haven't, as I said before, I haven't really listened to a lot of their stuff. I've watched some live videos, um, and they always have a sax player on stage with them. He's still just playing. But the internet didn't tell me if they had a permanent... Because they they've they've had, like, six million members over the past, so they decided to listen to instruments, just listen. We'll just have to listen to more. But Flea uh, was here. in... Back to the last episode, we were talking about the Chili Peppers. Flea was in this band briefly in the 80s. Yeah. In the early 80s, so... But anyway, yeah, that was, uh, that was a good song. I like it. Um, Topical, what you're is, saying, yeah. Yeah. Are they actually being, like... Um, like, is it actually critiquing New York, or is, or is he, like, speaking ironically from the viewpoint of someone who would be critiquing New York because it seems weird it's, I don't know, that, they ha- that they're like New York would be good if you like saxophones but then they, they got a saxophone, saxophone yeah. all over yeah. the track yeah. I don't know it's hard to say like um, it's funny because I was watching the videos of this right and the guy leaving his name is the singer he um, every every time I've seen him on a video especially on that one from Saturday Night Live he has this expression on his face which is the way he looks but he has this expression where like you know, a lot of guys when they're playing, especially fast stuff like that, they kind of have like their rock face on or whatever. He has this completely like can't tell what emotion he has whatsoever, and he's just sitting there, just like bellowing out the words and playing bass, and then like it just kind of seems like he's detached from it completely. So it's, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe he's concentrating really hard. Well, he might be concentrating really hard. It could be, yeah. So it's hard to tell. He can't. I mean, he's not like this like, kind of sarcastic smirk on his face when he's doing it. It's just this blank expression. Where did you right. say they're from? L.A. L.A. Yeah, because maybe there's a little bit of a thing about how like New York is like where the scene is at and stuff. So it's a bit of a. Well, I mean, the other stuff is... Making fun of... Well, New York's alright if you like getting tuberculosis. New York's alright if you like getting pushed in front of the subway. Yeah, but like, like, because there's maybe seen as being more authentic if you're a band from New York at that time instead of doing what might be considered New York music from somewhere else. So they're saying, yeah, yeah, being from New York is alright, but you'll get tuberculosis. I think probably a lot of it, too, is that New York, because of the Ramones and all those bands like that, that New York is kind of like the... Yeah, it's like, it was an epicenter. Yeah, exactly, for, for punk rock, so it's like they're the, they're from the other side of things. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't see it as... Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure what to think about it, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. Saxophone was good. I like, I like how crazy it got. So speaking of saxophone... Yeah, again, <laughs> with the books, you know, I'm always looking at books every 10 minutes when we're playing this stuff. There's this AV club, but you guys, I don't know, do you guys ever read the AV club? No. It's a website, uh, The Onion owns it, but it's not satire, like it's an actual... Oh yeah, uh, I think this is where you get some of your random uh, facts. Right? Oh, probably, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 they have been doing interesting interviews with, you know, musicians and actors and stuff. And so, anyway, they have this book called The uh, Inventory, which is actually a feature on their site. Anyway, one of the articles in here is uh, 10 Great Songs Nearly Ruined by Saxophone. And uh, this one's not on it. Which, you know, I guess something says it wouldn't be on it, but... Um, this is nearly ruined or ruined? Nearly ruined. So they're saying these songs, like... Are still the, great. If the sax had gone just a little bit further, it might have been, like, you know... Oh, I bet there's a... Is there a Rolling Stones song on there? Oh, probably. Is um, one of that extended... No, there's not. Sax there's not. Thing. Um, I think, like, Brown Sugar? Yeah. That has a lot of sax in it, but that's not mentioned on here. Okay. Maybe that actually is ruined by the sax. Yeah. I don't know. But, <laughs> but not nearly. Um, like, they got uh, a couple things. Like, Bruce Springsteen, Jungle Land, which that's, like, that devolves into, like, a massive sax solo for, like, ten minutes at the end of it, so... But it's really good sax solo, so... Hmm. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Radiohead, the National Anthem. Do you guys know that? No. That's that one on, um... Whatever the album's called, where it's just, like, a bunch of free jazz kind of stuff going on. It's pretty cool. I like it. It's good. Um, Madness, It Must Be Love. Madness always has a saxophone player, yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like you know. I don't know. You guys can take a look at this. David Bowie, Young Americans. How many? How many songs are there? There's ten on the list. Just list them. David Bowie, Young Americans, The Cure, A Night Like This, Broken Social Scene, Almost Crimes, The Hold Steady, Hostile Mass, Bruce Springsteen, Jungle Land, Radiohead, The National Anthem, Madness, It Must Be Love, The Replacements, I Don't Know, Galaxy 500, Thunder, Blue Thunder, 
and Swerve Driver never lose that feeling. I don't I never know learned. most of those. Yeah, I don't know a lot of them either. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's a good sax line. That's a pretty good sax line. <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think about horns in music? I oh, like I like horn sections, uh, especially in like soul stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like Rob, Rob was saying, I think it was just during the during the song about having a saxophone in one song or in the band. All of a sudden, you have to uh, have saxophone on all your songs. Well, you and that doesn't. Have, in you yeah, make them do something, right? Yeah, and that's not always a good thing. It's one thing to have a horn section, though. Like, yeah, yeah. Or you know, if you but if you're a saxophone player in a band, I mean, like a punk band, you should probably learn to play something else too. You know, so. <laughs> Yeah, some triangle here and there. But a lot of punk bands had sax players, though. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, you know, X-Ray Specs had a sax player. And uh, that's the only one I can think of. <laughs> so maybe a lot of it is not... Is not better, yeah, I guess it's better than trumpet and everything. Oh, yeah, trumpet would be brutal. And like, something like this, they got to be, you know... But, I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with... Like, again, like, there's nothing wrong with sax in songs. Like, it's just... What? If, if you're fitting it into every song where it's superfluous, like... Yeah. Yeah, when you're forcing it, right? Yeah. It's like anything else. It's like if you have some guy, you gotta play some weird instrument, you gotta throw him in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Alright, well, should we move uh, to the next Yeah, one? I just thought that'd be a good way to start the New York thing. You know, it's, a, yeah. it's kind of a funny song. Well, I mean, I guess the other thing we could talk about is the uh, the timeliness of the uh, New York show, right? If you get, want to get pushed in front of the subway. Right. Cause yeah, that, uh, that just happened. It just happened, yeah. Did you see the picture? The photo? Mm. No. No, is there a bit of a... Well, what happened was the front page of the New York Post Post yeah. had a photo and it says in the headline in huge letters, Doomed, this man is about to get killed by a train. And that's what the picture is of. Like, doomed. Doomed in huge, big, like, you know, the uh, apocalypse font. You know, it's a massive. And it's actually a photo of the guy and the train's like right in front of him and he's from behind. You see him down there and the train's coming right out. Like, he's oh, seconds right. away from getting killed. And the controversy was like, well, why didn't the photographer help him? And, and, it, and, and he... And he, he said that like he was trying to alert the uh, the conductor by yeah. uh, making his flash Flashing, go yeah. off. So he didn't even mean to take the photo. <laughs> the photo was accidental. He was, I mean, he was taking photos anyway. But the, the, the what he ended up getting for the front page, it was because he was flashing, like trying to flash the conductor at the time. That, that ended up happening. And it's a great photo. It's horrible. I it's saw this interview photo. with this psychologist. Not to, not to say that psychologists are always to be believed, but uh, he was he was saying that. Like um, in in scenarios like that, there's what he calls like the the spectator. Oh right. Or right, where no where no one does anything, right? They all watch. Yeah, and like the more the more people there are watching, the less there is someone's yeah. gonna help. The less likely you are to help because everyone yeah. else is doing it. Yeah. I think that yeah, I remember that, that was first coined from a brutal like beating in New York City that happened. Is that like, what's from? Yeah. Yeah, there's like a an area like in between a bunch of apartment buildings and people in windows just watched someone get. You know, beat to, to yeah. death. I think, and it was, everyone just no one did anything. No one that, that does happen. Or anything. It totally happens. Like yeah. you see a the fight happening on the street. Effect, yeah. yeah, bystander effect. Yeah, people just stand there because yo, I guess you just assume like, oh, someone else is gonna, you know, or I'm not qualified to help or whatever. I don't know where yeah. it is, but but yeah, it's a crazy um, uh, newspaper f- photo for the front page. Like, I haven't it's, seen a, it. apparently yeah. the uh, the guy who died was the aggressor too. Like, is that is that right? I didn't read. Well, that. it's like I've been hearing. I've been hearing two sides of the story. Like the mainstream media, I guess, is just saying that this guy was a homeless man and he like lives in the subway or something. Right. But I heard like some alternative media sources saying that actually the guy who got pushed into the on onto the subway tracks was being the aggressor and mm-hmm. wouldn't leave the homeless man alone. Like, but they arrested the guy who pushed him. Right. Like, yeah. He's, already, he's been. Yeah. yeah. And but it's like he's an easy scapegoat because he's like black. He's a and black homeless guy. Yeah, yeah, so obviously he did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But who knows? I mean, it's, everything's complicated. Yeah, that's, it's, it's interesting. You should, you should see the photo at least. I mean, it's not 
it's kind of morbid for sure, but mm -hmm. it's also kind of it's a it's a cool news. I mean, very rarely you're gonna get a news photo like that. That's gonna be that like. I mean, the headline I think they could have been a little more tactful, doomed, you know. But I mean, it's, it's interesting because like I mean, I'm I, I'm not trying to make any kind of point here, but they they automatically like came down on this this uh, like the post for printing yeah. it. But like, what about like some of the most famous pictures in the world, like that that Viet Cong guy? Well, that's what I was gonna say, yeah, with the gun to his head. Yeah. And there's um there was one that uh, it may have even been the post. It was some paper, in, I think it was New York too, like way way back in the day, and it was the first woman being electrocuted in the electric chair, and mm -hmm. you weren't allowed to take photos, obviously, of the um of the thing. And it was a fancy famous photo because some guy snuck in, and this is way before they had digital cameras or anything. He had something like hidden in his leg like a flash or something and he had it all rigged up and he went in as a spectator and he got this photo and it's really blurry but it's of her dying like it's a, and they printed on the front page of whatever hmm. paper this was back in I mean this is decades and decades ago and it was yeah. a huge controversy because like you're not supposed to do that so this is pretty much the same thing I mean it's like it's a little different because it's not someone getting executed but it's like but then there's the photos on September 11th right of people falling and jumping out of the buildings like they, yeah. some papers wouldn't print those some would I don't know it's, it's interesting uh, mm-hmm but yeah, we don't need to talk about newspapers. Uh. Yeah, especially since by the time this airs, everyone else is on it. Be like, what? What the subway, New York? Yeah, yeah, sandwiches. Might as well be doing the weather. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How about those jets? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, so I'm gonna also play a song involving some saxophone. All right. Uh, yeah, when thinking about what songs to play for this, it was I was a bit torn about how to go about it, and at first I was thinking I would uh, consider what time and place I would like to go back to in New York. Yeah. And I'd like to. I would have wanted to go check out some, some jazz, which would have in like the '50s or so, which would have had a lot of saxophone. But uh, I figured most people would know what a, a Miles Davis song sounds like. And I also, uh, I like to play things that are a little uh, out of the ordinary. So it's interesting that uh, I guess New York was an epicenter for a lot of different yeah. m movements in music. Well, like punk and rap and yeah, also and, disco. and and that also I think uh, results in more like bizarre formation so I'm gonna play something more avant-garde by uh, cool. John Zorn and his band Naked City um, he's playing saxophone on this uh, this is an interesting album uh, called Torture Garden how did you come up on this? Uh, Goldwyn from the Mouthboat uh, introduced me to it oh, yeah, you have, to, you have to say he's from the Mouthboat everyone listening to this knows us personally you know? alright <laughs> fair enough yeah and uh, actually <laughs> it's like wait like, probably more people know who Goldwyn is than who know who the mouthboard is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what, Goldwyn's a band? <laughs> um, yeah, this al I, I think last night was the first time I've actually listened to this album front to back, trying to yeah. pick a pick a song. Um, most of the songs are about 40 seconds long to a minute, and it's a mix of grindcore and jazz. Really? That sounds pretty cool. And it's really hectic, and there are... How songs, old is this? Uh, 989? I don't know people are doing grindcore news, that's cool. Yeah, and um, yeah, some of the songs have really abrupt changes. There's one song that every two seconds changes styles for about a minute. Is that what you're playing? No, but I'm going to play one that switches, like, the styles change up very noticeably uh, over the course of the 45 seconds. Cool. So, uh, yeah, let's check out the song Hellraiser by John Zorn and Naked City. Right on.
Okay, we back. That was uh, John Zorn in Naked City playing the song Hellraiser off the album Torture Garden. It's pretty great. Yeah, and Naked. yeah. So this uh, album has forty-one tracks, uh, and so there is one with New York in the title that I was gonna that pick, but I want. Yeah, it was. I wanted to pick something that showed some of the abrupt uh, changes in styles that right. occur. Um, so what did this have to do with New York? Well, I guess John Zorn is is from New York, and I wanted to uh, play. Something, yeah, well, instead of <laughs> what's uh, up, you New York? <laughs> well, because a lot of interesting kinds of music came out of uh, New York, and I think yeah. with that will come things like experimental and avant-garde music as well. Right. And so I wanted to play an example of uh, some of the more uh, that's cool out there things that result when you have the sort of mecca of culture uh, occurring. Do you think that would just happen anywhere where there's a lot of people, though? Um, yeah, or where there's just, like, a lot of scenes going on. Yeah. They kind of end up morphing and combining in, in interesting ways. So, yeah, I think anywhere where there's a lot happening, then you'll find new things yeah. happening as well. So do you, like, do you have other albums by this guy, or is this just the... No, I haven't checked out any other ones, and, uh, yeah, I probably it's should. It's cool. I like it. It was really crazy, but... I have no idea what he was saying. So the he wasn't he does some vocals on the album. Uh, the, that there was a Japanese singer whose name I forget. Okay. I think shortly after this was recorded, he moved to Japan for a while. Okay. And did some some stuff there. So yeah. He, so he was he was wailing on the saxophone. Uh, there's some tracks on this where you can't tell if it's screaming or saxophone That's or both, cool, yeah. which is uh, yeah. Interesting. How did you discover this again? Did I already asked that. Goldwyn. Goldwyn, right? Yeah, okay, we we decided that people would know Goldwyn. Yeah. And no, it's cool. Um, it had nothing to do with New York, but it was cool. Oh, it's from New York. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's from New York, yeah. yeah. Bash my loose interpretations. <laughs> yeah. It's really well, that's the thing with the theme, right? Is that it, the idea is that we can be as loose as an interpretation. So that fits as well as anything else. So just. Yeah, just... well, that's the thing is, like, there are a lot of songs about New York that yeah. I like a lot uh, that most, I think, mo- most of us have heard. Um, nothing wrong with that necessarily though I mean sometimes yeah. sometimes I've heard is interesting I think yeah. my next one will be one of those yeah cool well I was I found that when I was looking for New York stuff that like I think we were all saying this is so much of it to go to choose from and like I was looking for songs and every single thing that came up in my brain that mentioned New York was the Ramones or the Beastie Boys and just every time I'm thinking like New York lyrics and every I'm almost like Ramones more than anything else too just Ramones Ramones all these Ramones songs mm. and I am going to play one later but like it was just and certain bands are just so tied to it that like right I don't know if that. There's so many. What I found difficult too was not not only the songs that like have New York in the title yeah. and are like specifically about New York, but so many great songs that don't mention New York specifically, but are just like in the imagery of the song. You just kind of feel New yeah. York. Yeah, know? for sure. Like there's this one LP song I wanted to play, Tasmanian Pain Coaster, about him waiting it's for. It's a great title. Yeah, it's actually from his his uh, album before the last one, and it's in an interview he was naming all song titles and he. He uh, he made a joke, or I think he was like half joking, half serious about how with that album he was trying to go for the worst song titles yeah. ever, <laughs> and like all the song titles are terrible. I don't um, even know it's terrible. It's kind of like I like it. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> but uh, but that that song's just about waiting for the subway late at night and like yeah, and having some weird guy like come up to him and like he doesn't mention being in New York, but that song just like. I, it feels like that song could be written about no other city but New York, you know? Some weird guy come up to him and push him on the tracks in front of him. Yeah, <laughs> and take a picture of yeah. it. Yeah, it's last minute, doomed. And then say he was actually trying to save him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> I think there's certain bands, certain artists who are from, I mean, like, even, like, Wu-Tang. I mean, the, yeah. I mean, that's specifically about Staten Island, right? But, like, almost every song, well, not, I mean, 
Or Brooklyn. Or oh, Brooklyn, yeah. There's a lot of, oh yeah, for sure, like ODB and stuff. And Jizza. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, Master Killer too. Master Killer, yeah. yeah. It's just it's very, but I mean, I didn't put any of those on there because I didn't know which one to pick. Yeah, I mean. And that was kind of thing. The Slackers, I don't know if you guys listen to the Slackers at all, but they're from New York. They sound like, I mean, like the singer's accent is extremely New York and like a lot of the songs mentioned it. And I was going to play some of the songs, but it's just like, I don't know which one to pick. Same thing as some of the other stuff. So. Yeah. And then there's also like, I mean, even uh, Severn and Garfunkel have, you know, Doing a Living Boy in New York. Yeah. That was one I was thinking of when I had the single, but. Even like the Boxers. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, like everyone's from New York, so it's impossible to choose. Maybe it was uh but anyway, we, we found some good stuff, so you got something. Yeah, so uh, this I'm going to try to keep with the kind of jazz theme that's been going on. I'm going to play a small talk at 125th in Lennox uh, by Jill, Gil Scott Heron. Heron. Um, so, like, we were talking about how it's so hard to pick songs about New York, so I, I wanted to narrow it down. So I just picked songs about Harlem. That's really, I like your idea a lot, actually. That's really cool. Yeah, and like I think Harlem was almost the most difficult of the boroughs to do that. I find there's a lot more songs about Brooklyn and Queens, especially mm-hmm. in like hip-hop in the Bronx. Oh, yeah. Well, Brooklyn especially. is tons of... Just and like the old-school song, rap songs about Bronx, Bronx. Yeah, Bronx, for sure. Yeah. So I think Harlem, I think, was the hardest one. Like, even Manhattan, I think, there's lots of songs yeah, about. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, uh, yeah, I chose to do all, all my songs about uh, Harlem and this... This song, uh, Small Talk at 125th in Lennox, is off of uh, Gil Scott Heron's first album. And it's actually, that's what the album's called, uh, Small Talk at 125th in Lennox. And that is a corner in Harlem. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, this album was recorded live, and the club was actually on that corner. Oh, that's cool. Um, So this song is basically just uh, Gil Scott Heron talking, you know, doing the poetry of the streets. Yep. So, uh... That's all I have to say about it, I guess. Let's Check it out. Let's listen to it. This is just like listening to a conversation being held by the many people who congregate on one of the most popular blocks in the largest area of black America. Did you ever eat cornbread and black-eyed peas or watermelon and mustard greens? Get high as you can on Saturday night. Go to church on Sunday to set things right. Listen, I seen Miss Blake after Willie yesterday. She'd have killed anybody who'd have gotten her way. Hey, look, I got a TV for a pound on the head, and Jimmy Jean got the best Panamanian red. No, I ain't got on no underclothes, but the hawk got to get through this gypsy rose. I think Clay got his very good points. You say a trade bag with 13 joints? Who cares if LBJ is in town? Up with Stokely and H. Rap Brown. Well, I don't know if the riots is wrong. Whitey been kicking my ass for too long. I suppose to, baby, but they held my pay. Did you hear what the number was yesterday? Junkies is all right when they ain't broke. They leaves you alone when they high on dope. Damn, but I wish I could get up and move. Shut up, hell, you know that ain't true. Yeah, so it's Gil Scott here on Small Talk at 125th and Lennox. Um, That's great. One thing I really liked about uh, uh, Gil Scott Heron and like The Last Poets uh, is that I really like poetry but I like I find like the older poetry is the less I like it because I like poetry that's 
written in the way the people speak. Mm. Yeah. And even though, like, some of my favorite poets, like Dylan Thomas, speaks, like, his poetry's not, you don't really talk like that. No one talks like that. And, like, E.E. E. Cummings is another one of my favorite poets, but, like, his a lot of his poetry has to do, even though I think a lot of his poetry does have to do with how people speak, it also has a lot to do with the visual. Right. Um, the way it's laid out on the page? Yeah. 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 So, like, what that's what I really like about this kind of stuff. And then later, like, when rap came along, and then I think a lot of... There, there were different strains in rap, but, like, I really liked rap when it was, you know, about rapping about how people talked on the street. Yeah. And that's what I really appreciate appreciate about this kind of stuff. I think I, I understand. I agree with you on the what you like about poetry because I mean, I find with just anything I like, I like more conversational style. Any kind of even literature, you know, if I'm reading a, even a novel, I'd rather have something that's more written and even even the narrative. more natural. Yeah, or yeah, exactly. Than something that's kind of overly All uh, lofty and whatever. Yeah, like. yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I like reading plays, you know, like for that very thing that it's just it's just dialogue. dialogue yeah, yeah, yeah. I really into dialogue, so I like I like poems like that as well that are more like just. This is how people actually talk rather than saying something in an artistic way. From which is there's nothing wrong with that either, but it's like... Well, yeah, like, it's it seems like it's... The more removed it is away from conversational dialect, like, the more pompous it yeah. is, you know? It's like... It's like... It loses its meaning. I mean, that's yeah. why I can't read, like... I, can, I can't read John Donne. I can't, to, to be honest, I have a hard time with Shakespeare. Yeah. And, like, I don't like poetry that's been translated into English because it... It loses it yeah, for me. Yeah, loses the conversational, or they, yeah. even, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. I don't know. Those guys are really good, though. I, I, I like it for the same. That's why I like rap, though. That's what I like about rap. That's what I mean, too. And Especially I, when, I mean, go ahead, though. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, too, like, and rap, I think, went in this strain for a while, especially in the 90s, where it became so self-referential to the yeah. point where it was just, like, people, instead of rapping how people talk, people would rap. Talk how, rap. how you rap, or or yeah, yeah. or talk how you rap, and it kind of, I think, kind of lost itself a little bit. And uh, I was gonna say this kind of reminds me of what we were talking about in the second episode we did, the, the diseases one, uh, about um, the rappers from Saskatchewan and Manitoba and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And how that's, I mean, it's not really the same thing conversational, but it's definitely like this is how they actually talk. Yeah, like it's identifiable as like a, you know. Versus, I mean, if someone was rapping in some academic way, it might sound really lame. I mean, I don't know if that exists, but there's this great. Uh, line by Epic, who is this rapper from Saskatoon, where he goes, I get my weed by the bushel, I get my slang from my grandpa, I don't get my slang from Cardinal Official. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty good, it's pretty good, yeah. That's yeah, good. But, I mean, even Cardinal Official, though, like, you listen to that guy, and he's, like, he, a lot of what he's saying is, like, Jamaican stuff, right? Well, he's, yeah, he's, kind of thing. It's that's like the a, thing, like, his yeah. slang is very genuine, yeah. and it fits him, but for someone... But it would fit, it would fit him, yeah. yeah. Like, if I started rapping all of a sudden, I wouldn't, if I sound like him, it's sound like an idiot, like, it would be, yeah, you know... Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's true to, it's true to Cardinal, yeah, I don't but it think would be it true to Cardinal, yeah. it's, it's the people in yeah. Saskatoon who talk like Cardinal, who don't right. have that Caribbean... Right. It's like people in Winnipeg, I mean, I've been to rap shows before, I've seen rappers who are, you know, talking like they're from New York here, and I mean, they don't do... I mean, none of them are, you know... No one succeeded, but I've, I've been shows that, you know, like you played years ago and there'd be people opening and stuff and they'd be like horrible. Yeah, is yeah. it ever okay to have like a put on persona or put on voice? For well, what about like a, singing or rapping? What always struck me, like, in, in there's a lot of that in rap, but even like local ska groups, yeah. like that right. JFK, JFK and the Conspirators, what always bugged me about them is that he's, he's spoken the fake accent. But you know what? I have, it, to, have to disagree with you on that because, <laughs> I mean, he does for sure, but J. Like, there's a lot of white guys who speak with Jamaican accents now. Especially, especially, this is kind of an aside, but especially in Europe, a lot of these guys are learning to speak English from reggae albums, right? 
So their their English accent is genuinely a Jamaican one. Hmm. Like these guys from Germany and Sweden and stuff, they're huge. But anyway, this, you come to Canada, right? Obviously, they already speak English. So if you have the accent, it's a put on. But JFK, especially if you listen to his more recent stuff, like they only have two albums, but like the, the last album and, and lately, um, he does the accent, but it's in the most prairie voice possible. Like he's not trying to sound Jamaican. He's just using the slang and it's like okay. ridiculous. Like... You know, talking about driving down the Trans Canada Highway, and then he throws in some like ridiculous patois. So it's it's not. I mean, well, that's a, that's what I can appreciate, and that's that's what I think. I feel it's almost more genuine than someone someone like Friendliness, for example, who I'm actually a big fan of. But he just does the accent 100 percent straight up, like as well, if what it's if, his yeah, voice. Yeah, it probably sounds better than if he. He sounds better. Did it I mean, if you were listening to them blind, you had no idea who either one was. Yeah, yeah it would sound more like actual. But, dancehall, but sounds yeah, but, but, but like that's that's what that's how things become original, and that's how you mm-hmm. that's how yeah. you create new things is by taking your influence. Uh, and like making it your own which yeah. is what I kind of respect about JFK actually I mean uh, yeah on one hand it's ridiculous because like you know he's like a 40 something white guy like you know doing this Jamaican accent and he's absolutely like it seems lame but it's also like it, it's not just it's their own thing now so I you know I'm not from the islands I'm from the prairie you know <laughs> listen to the RWPO style <laughs> you know what I mean like I can. It's stupid, but it. <laughs> it's stupid, but I like it because it's stupid. You know, like. Yeah. And it's 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 obviously stupid. Like they know it's ridiculous, and like you know, I don't know. So, but I was just thinking when we were looking at the album cover that um, Gil Scott whatever Heron album. Um, it's um, Flying Dutchman Records, and of course I have a book. <laughs> like everything comes up. Oh, I got a book about that. So I pulled up the book. It's called uh, The House That Train Builds by Impulse Records. I don't know if you guys are too familiar. Impulse is uh, my favorite jazz label. It put a lot of the avant-garde stuff in the 60s and all that. A lot of John Coltrane's weirdest stuff and uh, put out some Sun Ra records and Michael Coleman, Coleman and everything. Yeah. Anyway, this guy Bob Thiele, who was a big producer there for a long time and he produced a lot of that stuff, he quit and started his own label, which is Flying Dutchman. And I just uh, have an album that reminds me of, the, in terms of the cover and the style, it's like a live album just recorded at, uh, it's Ornette Coleman who just recorded this live album in front of a really small crowd with his friends and neighbors, hmm. apparently. And one of them, he's playing, like, a violin really hideously and stuff. Like, it's, it's a cool album. Anyway, so it's, I think this whole series of Flying Dutchman and, like, live stuff is just kind of, here's a bunch of people in a spot with, like, whoever's in the crowd and not, yeah. like, a not like a studio-type live album. There, you know? it's like, yeah, are most of them named after? Well, like, I, this is the only one I own. This is okay. the only thing I own on his label. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I have a bunch of Impulse stuff, but on his own label, this is all I own. And I, I get the feeling he kind of, like, left, because Impulse had been bought by ABC, so I think he quit to go on to like do his own weirder kind of more experimental stuff so anyway good book uh house train belt if you're a john coltrane fan if you like saxophones if you like tuberculosis <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah that was really cool i like that okay so um, uh i was gonna play something next that yeah. kind of fit uh with the, not with the jazz theme but um with the street name theme um what was that that, that intersection called is that one again uh 125th and lennox in harlem so the one I was going to play is 53rd and 3rd by the Ramones, which is, I, I'm not sure exactly where that is on a map, but, I mean, it's a street intersection. Uh, you guys probably know this song, right? I mean, yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty, one of the better Ramones songs, I think, written by Dee Dee, as usual, who wrote the best songs they did. And it's about him being a prostitute when he was trying to, well, he was a heroin addict, right? I mean, he was a very uh, famous for being a heroin addict, so this song's about him trying to get money and he's not getting picked. Uh, the story of the song is he's not getting picked, so he ends up killing someone, and mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And there's a lot of uh, dispute as to whether this is actually real or not. He has a couple of autobiographies, which I have as well, that are worth reading. Um, they're completely insane. Like, <laughs> they're completely full of lies. 
he goes mm. off on these stories. One part, he's talking about going to Germany on tour, and he talks about like shooting a bunch of border agents and stuff. So he's probably high when he wrote them, so they're crazy. So he said in interviews and stuff that like it didn't actually happen, and he wasn't actually a hooker, but then most of his friends and roommates and stuff from the time have been like, yeah, he was like a hardcore junkie, and he was selling himself to... So he wrote a song about it that's in first person. I mean... And he sings. He sings the part like he didn't usually sing, right? He, he I think he sang on like one lead on like one Ramon song, um, Warthog, which is really awesome. But he usually wrote the songs and didn't sing lead. This one he sings lead just on the bridge, the part about doing the murder. So, all right, great song. Uh, I love the Ramones. Pretty much the most New York band you can you can find. Joey Ramone's got a street named after him, you know. So, fifty third and third, gay hookers. <laughs> That was the uh, Ramones, 53rd and 3rd, of the first album, which is, uh, I think, everyone should own it at one point or another. It's really good. Yeah, I don't think I've, I haven't listened to the Ramones nearly as much as, as you have. Like, I don't remember the last time I've listened to that song. You should, you should listen to the Ramones all the time. All right. <laughs> They're a really what? good band. Game changer. Uh, get Ramones, Ramones is one of those bands that, uh, it's, it's funny because they can be, like, I, I just saw their one of their so-called best of CDs yeah. at Starbucks. Yeah, a Starbucks, really. Yeah, and it's... It's pretty random. Uh, well, it's funny because they have... I finally have the, this duality in their songwriting, like, for D, Dee Dee writing the songs versus Joey writing the songs. Right. Because Dee Dee's, like, a, a fucked-up heroin addict. Yeah. 
And his songs are pretty nihilistic and yeah, and, and like you know, sniff about sniffing glue yeah, and yeah, being a no hooker yeah. and like yeah. in crack and stuff. Yeah. Whereas Joey Ramone was obsessed with fifties rock and roll, and all his songs are about love. You know, they're all obsessed with fifties rock and roll, actually. Though. Okay. Well, okay. but yeah, I know what you mean. Though. I know his songs are almost like. So, like, but growing up, like I, like the, I knew Ramones had this like aura around them, like, and it was like they were this hardcore punk band. And I, yeah. I didn't get it because like all I heard was like all these pumpy, poppy yeah. punk songs. But then once you the get sugary into pop the stuff, Ramones, yeah, yeah, once I was older and I got into the Ramones, I was you hear like, the hard oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah, this stuff yeah. is actually crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I know I like I really like um, Didi Ramone. I think is one of my favorite songwriters because like this is kind of what kind of vaguely related to what we were talking about before about the people writing conversationally. Mm. Like I mean, his songs are like I mean they're like a minute long mostly, right? But even something like uh, from the, from this first Ramones album, like uh, I don't want to walk around with you. The whole song lyrics are I don't want to walk around with you. I don't want to walk around with you. I don't want to walk around with you. So why you want to walk around with me? And it's like that says everything. Yeah, like, yeah. There's so many like songs, you know, about like you know love and breakups and all that shit. Yeah. That like are so much more complicated than that. But that is like, it's like a minute and a half long. Doesn't need to say anything else. It's perfect. It's yeah. you know like, so there's a lot to be said for just plain talk. Simplicity. Yeah. yeah. Real talk. Yeah. Even like fifty, fifty third and third. Just like, it's just such a great, like, package of a message. Like, yeah. You know, it's it's really well. Put together. And I like how there's no judgment of it. It's not like, oh, this sucks. I'm a hooker. It's, it's like telling it. Yeah, it's like I'm the one they never pick. You know, like yeah, yeah. But then once he does get picked, he has to kill the guy to prove he's not. To a prove sissy. he's not a sissy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is kind of like, I mean, I don't, I doubt that actually happened. I don't actually kill people. I mean, he might have. He claims he did in his biographies, which are like totally insane. But um, one of them's called lobotomy. But like you know, right. <laughs> gives you a. But yeah, it's like yeah, it's kind of like. He, I don't know. Yeah, I like it. I mean, he's got a lot of other drug-related songs that are similar, where there's kind of just no, um, not apologizing for doing drugs like a lot of people do. It's just like, this is what's happening. I'm getting high because, you know. Right. Yeah. The way it is. And the cool thing about him, actually, is after he quit the Ramones, because he quit... To he, start a rap career. To start a rap career as D.D. King. And I've actually downloaded that album, and it is horrible. <laughs> you know, I've, only, I've only heard the solo, or the, the single. single. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I gotta say, like... I, I don't think the singles as bad as, as its reputation no, is. No, it's not. You know, and the thing I read <laughs> it's about, ridiculous, but yeah. it's okay. You know, what, I mean, but it's, it's good as Debbie Harry rap. That's the thing, right? <laughs> and the thing I respect about it. I mean, I downloaded the album. I'm not gonna listen to it more than once. I listen to it. It's like, okay, I get it. You know, it's a DJ room trying to rap. But I've read interviews with him, and I've seen interviews with him. I read in his biographies and stuff. He basically said, like, yeah, I know it was bad. I just heard what black people were doing in New York, and I thought it was awesome. And I wanted to try and do it too. And he's like, I know it's not authentic. Yeah. I know this is just like some white guy trying to do it. Kind of fair but, enough. But it's, yeah, it's like, you can totally respect that. He's like, I heard this. I loved it. I wanted to do it. And like, I don't, there's nothing wrong with that. You shouldn't be making fun of him. You should be like, that's great. This is what you were saying about styles mixing and stuff, right? Mm. Like, here's a punk guy who is known for a certain thing. He hears something totally different with similar, I guess, like background, right? And like, I can do this. I want to do it. I remember going to shows growing up where there would be a bill with both punk and rap groups. And yeah, it, 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 it would work. Uh, in a way, yeah. Like there, there's crossover. Like, at least the artists definitely seem to be into what each other. Was I think doing. a lot of that's just because they knew each other, probably though. Like, yeah. I've done, I've, I've, you've done, I've yeah, played sure. rap punk shows. Yeah, and it, it, it's like the type of thing where half the audience loves it and half of them walk out. You yeah. Know? Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, vice versa too, right? Probably half people coming to see the rap are leaving for the punk and whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Then the other half will be the ones interesting to do. Could probably result in interesting music of their own. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, the Ramones, like, 
we could do all show on the Ramones and it probably lasts 20 minutes. Like, they might know how fast the songs are, you know? Like, uh, that would, I don't know if we ever want to do that, but that would be a good band if we were doing like a themed one band show. Like, they got so much stuff. Hmm. And they're awesome. Um, but what I was going to say is, I, don't, I, I was getting to this, so I don't think I got there. DD <laughs> um, Ramone used to, after he quit the band, just then he started his rap career, he still wrote songs for them. So he'd been replaced by CJ Ramone, who, you know, it's CJ Ramone. He just kind of like, he played the bass parts right and stuff, but like. He's like 20 years old or something. They were all 40 or whatever. When, you know, when this happened, like, and uh, CJ's all right. He's just like kind of a non-entity. But he was replaced by CJ, and he still wrote a lot of songs for them. Like, I have a bunch of their later tapes, which are not as good. They're still all right, but and half the songwriting credits are still DD Ramon, which I thought was cool. Hmm. Like, you quit the band, but you still like they recognize Involved. they recognize how good his songs yeah. were. So it's like, okay, you can write these. So, but yeah, so that was 53rd and third, very New York. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to shuffle the uh, the order for the next yeah, one. Yeah, Rob, you said you had something that was uh, kind of related or uh, you could uh, associate with? Yeah, musically related. Uh, uh, so, like I said before, I'm, I'm sticking to the Harlem theme. Yeah. Uh, so, my next pick is uh, by the band Suicide. Cool. And uh, the song is called Harlem. So what's, uh, I mean, is the connection just that Suicide and the Ramones were kind of vaguely related and well, on the timeline and then the kind of same sort of scene and stuff? Or? Yeah, same kind of, you know, punk, post-punk. Yeah. Um, yeah, same scene. They, they, I'm sure they were around each other. I don't know. Makes this, sense. This is obviously <laughs> New York related because the title of the song and the contents of the song... Yeah, and the Suicide, I think, are pretty... Uh, one of those bands, too, that sound a lot like New York, you know? Yeah. E- even though I, th- I think a, what they were doing was more... Was done a lot more in Europe. Yeah. Uh, the, the whole, like, synth-punk band thing. Yeah. Um, I still think Suicide themselves just sound like New York a lot. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Let's, let's play the song, and then we'll talk about it. Cool. All right, so this is Suicide Harlem? Yeah. Mr. 
That was um, Harlem by Suicide. And uh, before the song, I kind of referred to them as uh, post-punk, but they were the first group to ever refer to themselves as punk. It was taken from an article written by Lester Bangs, the term punk, and and when Suicide started playing shows, they used to put um, they used to put that they were a punk band on their posters. Yeah, I'm looking at this here. It says uh, they use the terms punk music and punk music mass in the flyers to describe the music, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that punk, like, we were trying to talk about this while the song was playing, and, uh, like, how punk kind of died as soon as the first album came out, like, <laughs> first person in time. And that was in that book we were talking about in previous episodes, too, uh, Rip It Up and Start Again. And um, I think that punk rock is kind of, now it's sort of a thing where it's a defined genre of music, but I think that it really isn't. I think that you could have, like, a... You could have a rap album that's punk rock. You could have like a country album that's punk rock. It's, I think it's more it's of an a aesthetic or something. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's for sure. Yeah. It doesn't have a specific sound. You could do an art piece that's punk, like a visual. Even more than aesthetic, rock. it's like it's almost like an attitude yeah. or, mm-hmm. or an approach. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And that I would consider suicide to be punk rock for sure. Like, yeah, it's like they're almost more punk than like no effects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's more punk than me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was referring to. Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, that's what punk is now, right? It's like a specific thing, but I think... Yeah, it's got to have, like, the certain drum tempo to yeah, it Yeah, like, if you advertise a punk show today, <clears throat> and you get a bunch of 15-year-olds come by, <laughs> and, and they that hear happens? that, they would be like, what is that? I mean, two of them would probably stay there and be like, this is the best thing I ever heard. And those two would come on to do something else. But like you were saying, with the rap punk shows, half the crowd leaves, right? Well, let's. it's funny you bring that up, because Suicide was touring with... They were opening up for The Clash, and the... Like the audience just hated them. Like they, they did were, that with Grandmaster Flash too, because they opened for the Clash as well, and right. the audience hated them because it wasn't. And they were like throwing, like the audience was throwing bottles at like yeah. at Suicide, and like there's this great picture of uh, Alan Vega and um, what's his face from the Clash, Joe, uh, Joe Strummer. Yeah, Joe Strummer, where like Alan Vega had just been hit in the head with a bottle, yeah. and there's all this blood coming down his face, and like like uh, Joe Strummer had his arm around him, and like Joe Strummer's just like smiling it's really, really happy, comfortable. Like, yeah. 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 Well, I think that I think it's funny too because the Clash at that point, when this would have been happening, they were already doing other stuff that wasn't just like they have one album pretty much that's just straight up punk, and it's not even it's got reggae songs on it and stuff. But the Clash, once you get like a couple albums in, it's all totally all over the place. But people, I guess, still oh, this is a punk band. You can't play with a punk band. But the Clash, I mean, they were doing rap, you know, yeah. in like 1980, in like white people from England rapping, like you know. So it's I don't know. I think people have too uh, hard a definition of punk. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like they just, when you identify yourself with something so hard that you're not going to, like, open your ears and, or just give something a chance. Like, I don't know why, why do you have to throw bottles at the open <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's pretty like, hard. Why can't you just be like, okay, I'm not really into not it, so I'm going to go get a drink. Well, you because got, you're like, punk rock and you, it's like, you know, it's the whole thing, right? Oh, we're so punk, we're going to spit on the guy, we're going to throw bottles at him, whatever, like. Yeah, and it's the thing, that that whole thing, like, reading Get In The Van, like the. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. Where uh, Henry Rollins talks about playing these shows where these these people would spit in his face and they would like punch yeah. him and throw bottles at yeah. him, but it would be like almost a respect thing. But like Henry yeah. Rollins is like fuck off. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Yeah. So he would like fight back, but like the more he fought back, the more the like kids loved it. it. Yeah, yeah. They, were, like, yeah, yeah. they thought it was. Him you just broke my head open. That's awesome, man. Yeah. He's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, he was all high on acid yeah. and just probably thought. There's some crazy videos of him like antagonizing the crowd though. Like they're super lo-fi. Like someone recorded on like a home video camera in 1980, whatever. Right? But it's there's one that's particularly awesome. He's kind of like this guy's yelling shit at him, throwing stuff, and he's just kind of pacing the stage. And the look on his face is like, I'm going to kill you if I can catch you. And he's kind of taking swipes into the audience with the mic inside. It's really cool. Hmm. But a lot of that, I think, also was just like his stage persona too, though, right? It's like hard to say. I don't know. 
under is was there like back then? It almost seems like there wasn't really a difference between him on stage and off stage. Though no, that's true. Yeah, now, now for sure. Now, now. Yeah. Although you know what, I don't know. I, I actually, I really have been listening to a lot of interviews with him and stuff lately because I, I think he's got interesting. Especially now, he's got interesting things to say, and um, he kind of seems like um, he takes everything he does extremely seriously. Like, I mean, he's doing a job. He's gonna do it well. You know what I mean? Like, well, so, I just, I just actually listened to an interview with him today where he talks about. How the reason he uh, became who he was uh, wasn't because he was particularly talented, but it was because he was disciplined and focused. Because he worked in the nine to five, uh, as a manager of a Hagen Dazs. Yeah, he talks about that all the time in yeah. interviews and stuff. He was like, "I come from the nine to five working minimum wage working world, so that's why he always that's why he's always doing stuff." Yeah, and he, got- he would talk about how like in, when he was in Black Flag, he was just surrounded by so many people that were so much more talented than him yeah. but would you know where are they now because they were yeah. they were off I, doing drugs and partying instead of actually I don't know if it's, maybe it's the same interview I'm not sure but one of them I heard recently which I really like what he says is that he talks about like he, he kind of um, looks at what the guys from Black Flag and other bands he's been in are doing now and he is so motivated to beat them like not because he doesn't like them he, he's like these are all people I like but I want to make sure that no matter what I'm doing, I'm still doing better than... So he's like, I'm going to do three albums, two books, and another like 300-day tour just because I want to... Not just for the goal, goal of one-upping them, but to be like, yeah. I'm come from the you know minimum wage thing. i got to work harder so I can get the better, you know, so... Yeah, and he, in that interview, he was saying, like, you know, I know what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. I know what I'm going to be yeah. doing next week. I know I'm going to be doing six months from now. I'm going yeah. to be working. Yeah. <laughs> And I, it's cool, like, he's, he's really, like, uh, I mean, I know this is really kind of off topic, but it's still about the punk thing, right? And, like, yeah. I think that punk kind of has a lot of that, too, because a lot of punk bands and punk artists, I mean, whether it's the current definition of punk or not, they started their own labels. It's kind of what we were talking about last week with, um, with uh, like, that uh, normal, normal song. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of punk stuff is, like, it's very self-starters because no one wanted to put it out, right? And no one wanted to listen to it, so you got to build your own audiences, you got to do, even punk bands, like, now... I mean, like, uh, you know, a lot of the people I know in punk bands, like the Brad Attack and stuff, I mean, they tour Canada constantly, and, like, they don't get many people to come to their shows, and, you know. Yeah. I, I can't imagine if, I mean, I'm sure I could ask Dave to find out the actual number, but I doubt they sold a lot of CDs, you know, over the years. I mean, they sold enough, I guess, but, like, to encourage them to make more, but, I mean, that's kind of the thing, right? They get in the van thing. You just tour and play. Well, it seems like there's almost this, like, dual strain at, at the beginning of punk and the DIY scene, yeah. where uh, part of it is, like, uh, you know, let's work really hard, let's do it ourselves so we don't have to be reliant on major labels. Yeah. Or uh, even to a point where it's like, let's do it ourselves and show major labels that we're worthy of being on their label. That may have been part of it, yeah, for and, sure. And then there's this other strain, of this like kind of art school strain, where it's like, well, they make music not to be a commodity. And it's yeah. like, they don't care if people buy it. And reading that book, um, Rip It Up and Start Again, a uh, great part of in like tongue to pair Ubu and they, yeah, they yeah. talk the only pe- they say the only people who can make uh, innovative music is uh, like middle class and bourgeois people because then they have a career to fall back on if it doesn't work they have something to do whereas, with it yeah. whereas yeah. people who come from like rough backgrounds they have if they're going to be in a band they have to make a band a living yeah they don't have the luxury of putting out weird experimental stuff because yeah, they need to make the they money need off to sell it. their yeah. records so it's it's kind of this weird but then, do you hear that many people who have succeeded? Um, I guess it's not once you're a success with music. A lot of people don't necessarily go back and do something experimental. They'll kind of stick with what they're doing. A lot of people. But so I guess it's when you're in between the two, between like you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting actually. That band is crazy. By the way. I love them. They're great, so yeah. good. We should find some way to play them on the show at some point. Another, yeah, I just, yeah. 
Yeah, what were you gonna say? Though? Another. Well, I was gonna I was gonna say this, but I was actually gonna. I think it's actually fitting with a song I'm gonna play in the next episode. Okay. All right, well, <laughs> <to> so, be, <laughs> that's a silencer, yeah. Cliffhanger, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah listen Batman, next week. Uh, yeah. yeah, we need to get one of those Batman, uh... Yeah. You know I'm talking about that? Tune in next time. Yeah, the spinny thing that no one can see is on the radio. Yeah. All right. Uh, I was going to play something next, I think. Were you? Yeah. We fell out of order. Who are you? Will I? are you? Oh, are you? Oh, are you? Another street-themed song, and... Uh, more common song uh, by Simon and... Well, it's a Simon and Garfunkel song. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, they came up earlier. Um, they wrote several songs about New York. Well, they were punk rock, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the first the first ones. Yeah. yeah, this really fits the theme. Yeah, uh, yeah the song uh, Bleecker Street off their... Well, kind of their, their first Simon and Garfunkel album. They'd been Tom and Jerry. Oh, yeah, before right. Before that, right? Reading, but that's really weird. Yeah. That is very yeah. strange. Yeah. Um, and yeah, pretty self-explanatory. Actually, um, I read a really depressing article, interview with Art Garfunkel a few months a few months ago because he had a lot of voice problems. Oh. And like, it's not like he's sad. I mean, he's got like all these throat issues and vocal cord issues and stuff because he's, he's old, right? Hmm. And uh, he's not so much sad because um, like he's going to, this is his meal ticket. He's like, he's sad because like if he can't say anymore, he's going to do. What is he going to do? Like this is his whole life is, is like it's that important mm. to me. Like he'd be cool with like not being able to do anything else but sing, you know? Right. And so he said it's really a bummer. Like I mean, he's getting surgeries and I probably has already by now, but like it was kind of a sad article because it's just like you can tell he's really like not pissed off about it, but just like really bummed out about it like. Mm-hmm. Cuz he's a, he's a great voice. Like he's one of those. Yeah, he does. I haven't so heard him sing in a while, but well, you've heard him sing on, on yeah, Simon yeah, and Garfunkel. That's what I'm talking about. And they were, yeah. Simon and Garfunkel were supposed to come to Winnipeg, too. And, and they canceled because of that, right? Because of that, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, and I'm sure they canceled tons of shows because of that. Like, that sucks. You know, I have like, a good Art, Art uh, Garfunkel and Paul Simon joke. Okay. Um, I heard this on Twitter or something. Um, so, you know, Art Garfunkel, Art is short for Arthur yeah. Garfunkel, and uh, Paul Simon is short for a man. <laughs> It's <laughs> really good. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so Bleecker Street. Yeah, and uh, like most of their songs, really nice harmonies. Except this one, harmonies throughout, like every, the whole melody is uh, the, both of them singing. Cool. So nice tune. Bleecker Street, Simon and Garfunkel. All right, New York. Fox rolling in off the East River Bank. Like a shroud, it covers Bleecker Street, fills the alleys where men sleep, hides the shepherd from the sheep. Voices leaking from a sad cafe. Smiling faces try to understand. I saw a shadow touch a shadow's hand on Bleecker Street. The poet reads his crooked rhyme. Holy, holy is his sacrament. 
Energetic stuff, and now it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about you guys. I, I think maybe in my early twenties, listened to a lot of, uh, a lot of Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think in my early twenties, I listened to a lot of like, not that. I don't think like I hadn't heard it. I hadn't heard it till then. I I listened to Simon and Garfunkel more later, actually. I think I listened to it like I. That was that was the probably the biggest group in in my house growing up yeah yeah, yeah. you used to listen to them like for a long even when we were younger you listened to some of them yeah like that's like my dad's favorite group yeah. so it's like we had all their records like and they were always we always listened to them all the time so yeah so i didn't really get around to hearing much of it until until then yeah yeah i think i was like probably like five years ago from when i first started really listening to them yeah i heard you know, obviously heard them and stuff they're, they're actually like they're very good they're amazing yeah. they're like yeah. they're, all their albums are great it, it yeah. kills me the stuff that he was writing when he was like 20 years old oh i know it's <laughs> crazy like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the songwriting is nuts some of it's pretty like lofty but it's yeah it's, it's but it's like a 20 year old what do you expect right? it's like, yeah, I mean, pretty great for what it is yeah. and sometimes like that's why you know young people like 20 year olds or whatever write the best songs is because they're, they're so passionate they yeah. feel so hard yeah. you know even if later on they're gonna like look at that and be like oh man what was I thinking but like, yeah, at the time that's, yeah. that's yeah. why it works yeah. for them right because they're yeah. they're so emotional but it's cool that, that Simon and Garfunkel was like yeah they're rolling too it's cool that Simon and Garfunkel was the band that your parents listened to. Like, it's because uh, for me it was Neil Young. My dad saw um, Simon and Garfunkel at the University of Manitoba in '67. Oh, that's crazy! Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. But like in our house, it was Neil Young. It was a brand. I, I think kind of thing where I still listen to Neil Young all the time today. Like, mm. you know, my parents are both like huge fans still. It was uh, choral music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you still listen Organ to that? music? Yeah. Yeah. Usually still. Yeah. So it's weird that it happens, right? Because I'm sure there's stuff that all of our parents listen to that we hated. They hated at the time and still hate now, but like, there's certain things that stick. Yeah, there's definitely some Kenny G that didn't... Uh, oh, you put really? I remember some Kenny G on some road trips, yeah. There's like four oh, tapes that we ever that's had, and that was one of them. Really yeah. I'm sorry, that's... No, we don't know that. No, I was thinking about that. There's some video. Like, oh yeah, oh, yeah that <laughs> Kenny G song, I had that. Oh, yeah, Remember no. when he held that note for a really long time? Yeah. I remember Kenny G. Actually, I remember reading something about him that like 
I mean, I'm going to completely misremember mis this right now, but he, he apparently did something really cool before he was Kenny G. Like, he was in some group that was actually... That's how he got the name G. <laughs> <laughs> no, but apparently he was in some kind of, like, I think it was like a funk soul group or something, and it was actually... Uh, I mean, it didn't do very well, but they had some kind of acclaim, like they were well-known as something actually worth listening to. And then he just... <laughs> yeah, became... Easy listening, kind of garbage. Hmm. I don't know. I would be uh, moderately he, curious about what that. Uh, yeah, I, I remember reading and thinking I should look it up, and then I forgot the name of it. And he seems it. to have like a good, like sense of humor about himself. At he least. does. Yeah, yeah. Him and Michael Bolton, same thing. Michael Bolton seems to take himself. You know, he he, he knows where he's at. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he makes jokes about it, like laughing all the way to the bank. You yeah, know? for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you read that uh, that scathing letter by I think it was like West Montgomery to Kenny G? No, no, I think it was, it was like this letter <laughs> because he covered a yeah I don't know we're talking about Kenny G now he covered a Wes Montgomery song or something or? no 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 he covered a he did a Louis Arm, a Louis Armstrong cover album oh yeah, yeah and yeah. He, he just like ripped him to pieces because of being bad. a shitty musician yeah it was pretty interesting it was pretty entertaining I always assumed just not listen I, mean, I don't listen to him right so I don't really know but I always assumed that Kenny G was probably really good at what he did. N no, but, no, he's, he's not. not he's well, not. I don't know. He I doesn't don't know. Get, like, but it's like you can be technically good and not have like oh, quote yeah. unquote soul, right? Of course, yeah. yeah. But I, don't, yeah, no, I don't think from like I think part of the letter was that he doesn't, he should, he doesn't deserve any respect from legitimate hmm. jazz artists. Yeah, he doesn't have the chops. I guess that's just kind of um, like a tangent of what we were talking about before with I me mean, saying people having soul but not having technical. I mean, the Ramones. It's pretty basic. I mean, like that song, I don't want to walk around with you. It's the most basic thing ever, but it's, I think it's pretty soulful. Like, it says a lot, you know? And I mean, yeah, if they'd been like all virtuosos, it would have been like some jazz fusion they thing. Wouldn't have been lame, like, well, they might have been the Bad Brains, too, though. Well, they might have, exactly, they might have been the Bad Brains, which is like the best band in like Three Galaxies. Who <laughs> <laughs> Their new album is great, by the way. Yeah. It's, um. You mentioned it last week. Did I? Yeah. I hadn't heard it yet last week. I mentioned the Soundgarden album and I mentioned something else. Or did I mention it? Or maybe I saw you. I think I, maybe you said it on Facebook. Or I said it, yeah. Anyway, it's yeah. It's, it's, um, it's not as good as, obviously, you know, the classic stuff, but it's... For a bunch of 50-something punks, yeah. it's pretty good. Hmm. So That's a band we haven't played on here yet on the show. I, I keep trying to find a way every time we get a new theme. It's like, oh, how can I fit the Bad Brains in here? But... Yeah, only a matter of time. It'll happen. It'll happen. I got enough. I, I have all their albums, so there's enough content there. That if we do, like, the uh, Americans singing about Rastafari episode... Right. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. Yeah. Anyway, what was the uh, that was? What do you have anything else about Simon Garfunkel or in that song that you think was? Uh, uh, no, no it was just kind of very, just went very off New York particular. Yeah. Song uh, like a few others. I was uh, thinking the only living boy in New York. Yeah. Which or I think I mentioned the Fifty Nine Street. Or yeah, exactly. Song, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like when you when you think of stuff like that though, and you think of like a band, and there's so many songs that you'd want to play. Yeah. And you have a song that would fit the theme, but it's not like the best song by that yeah. band. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or it's um, not the most obvious song. Yeah, and I, I know in, in interviews and stuff, Paul Simon seems to, he really champions New York as, yeah. you know, an entity the way, you know, other yeah. other artists sometimes do. Well, that was, I mean, if you'd played something from, like, Graceland or something, it would have really fit, you know? <laughs> right, Gumboots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been pretty strange, yeah. But, no, that was cool. That was good. Um, who is, is it, am I next picking a song here? Or? Yeah, why don't you go next? Okay, I'm going to play the next song I'm going to play is, uh, it's by Dillinger, it's called Cocaine in My Brain. And I guess it would have fit in with the drug theme last week as well, because you know, obviously, cocaine in my brain. But it's specifically about New York. It's set in New York. Um, the lyrics are pretty specific to New York. I don't know if you guys are too familiar with Dillinger, but no, he's no. A, a Jamaican DJ, um, D E E J A Y, not disc jockey. Um, 
and uh, this is almost it's almost disco kind of song like it's really really upbeat and it's not I mean it is reggae I guess but it's um, it, you'll, you'll hear it it's, it's talking about New York and it's talking about doing cocaine and uh, it's kind of self-explanatory so I don't think I need to yeah let's check it so, out check it out doing cocaine in New York are inseparable well that seems to be a theme of a lot of stuff I was trying to find for both episodes like we should have done it we should have done a bunch of cocaine in New York this, before this episode I don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> and before the drugs episode Gone we should have done a bunch of New York bath salts yeah we done a bunch of New York <laughs> <laughs> alright Dillinger cocaine in my brain hey Jim Jim just a minute y'all I want you spell for me New York man. Why do you want to spell New York man? I just want to spell for me New York. Can you do that man? Sure man, I can spell New York. Well go ahead man. N-E-W-Y-O-R-K, that's New York man. No man, you made a mistake man. I'm gonna teach you the right way and a proper way to spell New York man. Well go ahead man. A knife for You see, no matter where I treat my guests, they always like my kitchen best. Cause I cocaine running around my brain. I cocaine running around my brain. I want you to dig me soul brothers and soul sisters. I want you to hold me tight because I'm out of sight and I'm a Men of men 
the New York connections from the beginning of the song and I have a fork a bottle and a cork that's the way you spell New York Jim alright who's Jim Jim it's just who he's talking to I guess whoever he's telling about the cocaine running around his brain uh, that song was apparently an international hit and it was number one in the Netherlands hmm. which is uh, kind of weird uh, it's a random <laughs> country for a Jamaican guy song to be number one in I guess but um, yeah it's uh, Dillinger was originally known as um, Dennis Al Capone Jr after Dennis Al Capone but uh Apparently Lee Perry told him he should not just name himself after another guy who already existed, and so name himself after another, after another gangster. <laughs> another so, yeah, yeah, another one. Instead <laughs> <laughs> of so just like Dennis Al Capone, I don't know if you guys know Dennis Al Capone. Oh no, he's a, another DJ, like a pioneering one, like your early one. And he's really great, but I mean that would be like someone saying like, "Yeah, I'm Chuck D. Jr." You know, <laughs> kind right. of thing, right? Which is kind of stupid. So, what's well, funny? The uh, dust, uh, the Chemical Brothers, when yeah. they first started out, they called themselves the Dust Brothers because they loved the Dust Brothers so much. Hmm. They called themselves the actually, same thing. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that's really weird. That I don't know how that makes we sense. We should start a group called Wu-Tang. Yeah. <laughs> the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. Oh, the Wu-Tang Clan's playing at the Windsor tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, uh... So, I don't I don't talk to anyone at my work, because yeah. who gives a shit what any of them have to say? <laughs> but, uh... A friend of mine started working at my work, and he's pretty sociable, so he started hanging out with other people at work, so yeah. I started hanging out with him, too, a little bit. And this woman I was talking to the other day at my work talked about how how much people at my work apparently do cocaine. Okay. And, like, I think there's kind of this glamorous image of cocaine where people are just, like, you know, Studio 54 and it up. Or or, yeah, or yeah. even more locally, they're on, on cordon, you know, partying, doing a little line here and there. Is that how you explain the cordon thing? But, but they all, they <laughs> they're all on cocaine. Is that yeah, what oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, so, but, like, these people aren't, like, I mean... Not to say that doing cocaine is hip, but yeah. these people aren't hip. Like they, you know, it's <laughs> like him. it's like they do cocaine. They do coke parties way out at their house in the suburbs and like listen to Bon Jovi. Type talk about thing. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll talk about like fucking, I don't know, some dumb shit. Anyways, and it's like they're the type of people who like drive into downtown to go to work and like complain yeah. about the the natives hanging out up front. You know, like they're right. And it just like proves how like gross cocaine is and like how gross cocaine parties are and like I didn't know that was even a thing do some dexedrine you know like shit (laughs) (laughs) smoke some weed 
eat some passive bag candy around like we were talking about in the other yeah, episode, yeah. Have a cola. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar high. S- yeah. Smoke some cigarettes dipped in formaldehyde. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Breathe in asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> eat rat poison. Yeah. Just kill yourself. <laughs> Push your friend in front of a train. <laughs> Take a picture of it and get on the front page of the New York Post. Doomed. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That, I like that song though. It's uh, it's kind of not. I don't think a lot of that Dylan and other stuff sounds like that. I mean, music-wise, like vocal-wise, obviously that's kind of his style. Just kind of chatting over the record, you know. But um, with a lot of like little aside things. Do like you mean that. chatting like colloquially or chatting like technically chatting? Like technically chatting, yeah. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's not that far off from, you know, it's like instead of doing here's the set lyrics or the verse, here's the chorus, it's like, hey Jim, what's happening? Jim, you know, this yeah. is kind of just like, and I mean a lot of guys like that, especially like Dennis Al Capone, who he was, uh, you know, like he was patterning himself after, it's just kind of. So is that the type of stuff where he goes into the studio and he lays it down and it's, the recording is just him doing it that one time, and every other time he does it, it's different. Yeah. And, well, I mean, it's gonna be similar. The coke, you know, I'm, I'm sure now it's after it became a hit, he probably did it the same way, right, or a similar way. But yeah, like a lot of those guys. I mean, this was based off some American groups song. They just, I don't think they sampled it, but I think they replayed uh-huh. part of it. But a lot of these guys, like especially Dennis Al Capone. I mean, I keep bringing him up, but he was that's his, uh, his, you know, idol or whatever. He would just get old instrumental versions of old like old songs and just talk over them. Right. Which is what all those guys, you Roy and stuff, were all doing, you know, and like Big Youth and stuff. It's just like here's an established, well-known song, and I'm just gonna talk over it. Hmm. And that was how kind of dance hall, and like rap too, right? That's how the whole like where all it comes from. It's like yeah, because instead of just playing the record, because it's all based on live performance, right? Yeah. Instead of just playing the record in a dance, you're gonna play the instrumental version, and all of a sudden there's new lyrics on it, and then here comes the chorus with the actual singing over it. And people are like minds are being blown, right? Because it's like mm. this isn't the same song I thought I knew. Yeah. And that's what that's what dub comes from a lot too, right? Because here's a different version. We've taken another guitar. Oh, now the guitar's back in. So I don't know. It's right. like, it's cool. So yeah, cool song. Yeah, Whoa. yeah. So New York, cocaine brains. Cocaine, Jim. Jim. <laughs> I don't know who Jim is. But I wonder if Jim's like some slang term for cocaine or something. In, I don't know. Oh yeah. I was gonna say uh, for uh, I don't know. So I'm gonna play my, <laughs> my uh, I'm gonna play my last song. It's uh, keeping with the keeping with the Harlem theme. Uh, it's by Big L. It's called uh, Danger Zone. Okay. Highway through that? What's that? Is there a highway in this? Is there a highway? Yeah. I don't get it. Don't worry about it. Highway <laughs> <laughs> to the Danger Zone? Oh, uh, what is that again? You know the song? Highway to the Danger Zone? By who? I don't know. It's some 80s thing. You'd know the song if you heard it. Yeah, I don't know. Is this Enya? What are we listening to? <laughs> <laughs> I feel so vibed out right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Case, we're in a spa, uh, health spa right now. Yeah, getting my fucking temples rubbed by some Asian woman. (laughs) (laughs) Got one of those face masks on with the cucumbers in my eyes. Yeah. Anyway, so go on, Big L. He's dead, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, so this song is kind of just like a, uh, like most Big L songs, this song's pretty much just about how he's a better rapper than you are. Well, that's a pretty good thing. Yeah, but uh, the chorus is like, the chorus uh, like shouts out his block, I guess, in, in Harlem, and uh, uh, yeah, like he was, he he grew up in Harlem, and he uh, it's funny because he met who was it? I think Lord Finesse. He met Lord Finesse when Lord Finesse was signing uh, albums in a record store on 
125th. Okay, which really gets back to the... Which gets back to the Gil Scott Heron song, yeah. and this song he shouts out Lennox, so it's like, it just, it's interesting how that all ties together. Uh, yeah, Big L, like you said, Big L got murdered because uh, he, his something his brother did, like, he was, he had two brothers, I think both of his brothers were in prison Yeah. at the time that he got murdered, and like, I think what they kind of think happened is since his brothers were in prison and these guys wanted to get some revenge against his brother they, they were just like fuck we'll kill you we'll kill this guy yeah. which is really shitty but yeah it's terrible yeah. but like I, I mean I, the, all I really know about him is that he's been he was murdered right like I mean he got murdered before he had any chance of getting any kind of mainstream or yeah. wide recognition I mean he's known as well, he's on the list you know you can see a list of like dead rappers he's always prominently featured on there and it sucks yeah. that that's why he's I mean you know I mean I listen to rap I don't listen I, I not as much as you do obviously but I mean like it sucks that that's how you have to know about a guy. Is like he's one of these, you know. Yeah, and he is like I think he's one of the best rappers like ever. I think he's he, he's really good, and, and it's it's tough to say that if he hadn't died, he would have gotten a lot bigger, because um, I was thinking about this the other day and thinking about how big Jay Z has gotten. And, yeah. Like I was reading this article or seeing that, watching a bit of that documentary that he put out about how yeah. they're, they're bringing the the Brooklyn Nets yeah. back yeah. or whatever, and it's crazy that Jay Z can you know, buy a basketball team. It's crazy. Not that he's the only owner, but still, like, he's... That he has a part ownership in the NBA team. That he's that, like, rich. Yeah. And, like, when when Biggie and Tupac died, Jay-Z was barely really on the map. Like, obviously, everyone knew who he was. He was famous, but he, like, you know, he was under Mob Deep. He was under, obviously, Biggie and, and Tupac. And then when those guys died, a lot of people, you know, say the only reason Jay-Z's popular is because they died. Yeah, but it but one thing that really struck me and just thinking about watching this documentary is how business savvy Jay Z was. Like, was he back then too? Yeah, well, of course he was. Like, he he put out his first record, his own money. Like, yeah. he shot his own video. It was all his own money. Hmm. Like from selling crack. Like he was yeah. a really good at selling crack. Yeah, he had a lot of business acumen, and uh, um, you know, I think people like Biggie and Tupac and, and maybe even Big L. Maybe they didn't have that business side. They were just good artists. Yeah. And so maybe they, like, you know, it's hard to say that Big L would have just blown up like those guys. Right, right, because it wasn't, yeah, yeah. You'd have to, with, you'd have to be right kind of driven to, yeah. How old was he when he died? Like, he was, he, he was, was 24. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, That's yeah, crazy to think about how some of these guys, I think Biggie was 24 too, wasn't he? Something like that? 23, 24? 24, 25. Yeah, he's young, yeah. Well. But, uh, yeah, and Big L's like, Big L's lyrics are twisted. Like he's he always talks about how he worships Satan and like really? how he just talks about murdering people like all the time in really gross ways and like <laughs> he's like he's he's like a hor- like a horror rap guy. Yeah. Like it's and is this before that was kind of a thing or is this uh... yeah I mean kind of like I guess Cool Keith had kind of been doing it but yeah, yeah like not you know like he's he, he doesn't rap about being like cool like he raps about how he's he, Worship Satan. He's gonna he's yeah. gonna fucking murder you. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's entertaining. <laughs> cool. So yeah, let's listen to this song. It's called uh, Danger Zone. Okay. Big L. Big L. Some nigga named Dex was in the projects laying threats 
leather mixed straight from H E double hockey sticks. Every Sunday, a nun lay for my gun spray. Fuck, I leave be doing shit. The devil's son sway. Every minute, my style switches up. They said a real man won't hit a girl with lying real. Cause I be bitches up. I use words that's ill. Hell got nerves to steal. I'm cool, but every now and then I get an urge to kill. I'm taking lives for a great price. I'm the type of snap in heaven with a Mac 11 and rape Christ. And I'm fast to pull the cap in a fat chest. The big L's mad stress. Cause hell is my address. I want some satanic shit strictly. Little kids be waking up crying, yelling, Mommy, big L is coming to get me. Cause That was uh, Danger Zone by Big L. That was great. That, that was, was pretty one of the best song I've heard all night here. I love it. Yeah, that song's hard as fuck. I need to <laughs> check out a bunch of his stuff now. It was awesome. Yeah, maybe for uh, the like listener who doesn't listen to as much rap, you should uh, repeat a few of the lines that were in there. Um, well, like, no, you, you didn't hear him. You didn't hear him. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, kidding, kidding. Rewind. You get the internet. You can rewind. Yeah, like. All right. <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead. Don't be joking. Some of those were re- pretty ridiculous. Some of those lines are great. They don't, if you want to, though, there's some pretty good. Uh... Yeah. Well, there's that one. Uh, gonna break into heaven with a Mac 11 and rape Christ. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I love that for the religion show we did. I love. I love the one where he's like, "I got styles you can't copy, bitch." Triple six in the mix, coming from H E double hockey yeah, sticks. That was great. Or, uh, yeah, you know, just talking right. about how he, he loves Satan and he doesn't believe in God and yeah. uh, how he's uh, gonna... He's gonna kill you. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't have any food in his fridge, just body parts. Yeah, that was great, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of like stuff that's so extreme, you know, like when you hear this stuff like that, because it's, it's funny, but it's also like... Oh, he's just funny. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's really good, though. Like, And he came from, like, I, th- I think he started off as a battle rapper back when yeah. like you know battle rapping was a thing they actually did like so it's like to get respect in in your neighborhood yeah 
you would battle other rappers. So I just, can imagine him being good at it. Yeah, so just, just being the, saying the craziest yeah. shit you can say. Yeah. And this is like, you know, this is before Eminem. You know, yeah. like Eminem probably got a lot of oh, for no stuff doubt, yeah. from this guy, yeah. you know. So, you know, just, just being saying the craziest shit you can say. It's yeah, like, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. It was good. Yeah. It wasn't what I was... I mean, you know, I, I knew the name, right? I mean, it's like... Well, he, fun- he's got a couple. He's got a couple singles like uh, MVP and um, uh, actually the other one I can't think of it. But this actually is this song I played. Danger Zone is the B side of his other single, and it, okay. it's it's more like smooth. Like he he's really good at uh, the multi-syllabic rhymes and stuff and the styles. Yeah. But he's got some smoother stuff where he just talks about how he, he sleeps with a lot of women. But yeah. like I think his deeper cuts are more just about murdering people and yeah, Satan. And, and and Satan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I guess it's kind of like a lot of a lot of stuff. Because um, as we've already established on the show, I read a lot of books about music, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people that I, I know of, and even I'm not him in particular, but even people who I can like tell you what their albums are titled and stuff and what their singles are, but just haven't heard them. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that I, I try, I, I kind of slowly catch up on and everything. And this is a name that I've seen a lot, especially in like that, you know, for example, that Ego Trip book of rap lists. He shows up lunch yeah. times, right? And it's like, oh, that sounds. I should check it out someday. But then it never. But yeah. I'm going to now. Yeah. And like, and go, going back to what we were talking about before, uh, like it's like it's hard to say how big he would have gotten, but he was definitely at the time of his death, like he was. There was a lot of hype behind him, and he he was uh, with the digging in the crates crew, which okay. you know put on people like Fat Joe yeah. and then like all the Large Professor, all these really, uh, or actually maybe not Large Professor, but anyways, all these really like important uh, r- rappers yeah. in New York at the time, and and uh, it's it's a shame that he didn't really get the mainstream success that maybe he would have got or maybe deserved. Do you think that maybe just because of the content, though, it was not the type well, of thing it, that was going to hit mainstream anyway? Like This this uh, this song was off his first album, which I think was a lot more hardcore. Like, okay. his first album's called uh, Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous, and it's really street, but his he died right before his second album came out. Like, I think his second album was recorded, and his second album's a little bit... Uh, a little bit uh, less... Intense, I think. Uh, but you think it was more of a goal of trying to sell more records? Kind of yeah, thing? because you know, it had it had more of flashy content. They had had bigger producers yeah. uh, behind it, and uh, I think I think with his first album, he just kind of proved himself as an underground rapper. And with this, the second album, he was kind of going for the yeah. more mainstream success. Is he one of those guys who has a bunch of uh, unreleased stuff that's come out since, or was it pretty much just here's his here's his whole discography? It's just these like not not much, not not like Tupac, where every week no. they release a new thing that like no. it's him farting in the studio and they put a beat <laughs> behind it. And it's a new Tupac, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, I think the thing with that is that Tupac was kind of in a situation where he was kind of allowed to live in the studio, right? Yeah, yeah whereas yeah. for a lot of these guys, well, so we're talking about four. Yeah, he had the the, the means to just do music full time right and like, yeah, yeah like studio time isn't yeah. free right so yeah. so it's hard to just record everything but there's a lot of him freestyling on the radio like there's a really uh, popular freestyle of him and Jay Z like back in the day so Big L yeah Big L and Jay Z and um and like his he one of his most famous fa- famous songs is Ebonics which was off his second okay album. I have heard that yeah, yeah, yeah and Ebonics yeah. is like a, it's just about uh, it's kind of like that Bacardi slang song by yeah, yeah, Cardinal. Yeah, again with Cardinal coming up again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just like uh, this. When I say this, I mean this. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's kind of you know, it's a, it's kind of almost endearing because it's almost so like white people can listen yeah, and go, yeah, oh, sure. you know, oh, that's what you don't know means, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So like you know, he probably had the talent to to really cross over and become more mainstream, but unfortunately, uh, he got murdered. It's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Cardinal Michelle still lives. 
Sorry. <laughs> 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 I actually have some of his music. I, 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 not, I don't mind him. I just thought it'd be funny. I don't mind him, yeah. I think I might actually have that single we're talking about, Cardi Slay. No, I have... Um, <laughs> that's an alright I have Old Time Killing. I have Old Time Killing oh, single, which has Maxine, kind of Maxine on the other side, which oh, I like. Maxine's okay. Yeah. I like Buck Cardi Slay. It's a yeah, good song. It's a good song, yeah. It's, it's entertaining. Yeah, it was a little overplayed for a while there. But yeah. Right. yeah. Or, uh, have you heard the one with Bounty Killer? He does uh, that song with Bounty Killer, but Bounty Killer does all the Jamaican parts. Oh, really? And it's just like, so it's him, you know, it's pretty good, yeah. I liked, like, On With The Show, I think that was his yeah. first single. Yeah. That's a good song. He has some good songs. Yeah, he's really talented. Like, he does he does a lot of stuff for, in the States, like, he was on, like, doing stuff with the clips and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. He's, and, like, every time I turn on 103, like, I don't ever listen to 103. They put Blade Runner? Yeah, like, I hear him on there all the time. Like, he's, cool. he's still, like, making music and still pretty popular. I wasn't trying to wish him dead or anything. I just thought it was funny, you know. Yeah, I mean, if 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 we had a celebrity death match between Cardinal and Big, Big L, L, I imagine Big L would, you know, just based on the lyrical content, like. I think Big L is kind of a smaller guy, though. Yeah, Cardinal's pretty huge, actually. He's pretty but he could probably just like scare. Yeah, talk about cutting him up and eating his body parts and stuff. Yeah. That would be enough to you know put you off. And... Yeah. What does Cardinal have? He talks about being from Toronto. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, that was a weird aside, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Big uh, L. All right, New York. New York. So, New York. so John is going to end off the show as has been kind of happening. Um, yeah. I kinda, I have, it it kind of works, though, actually. Like, I've like, got a slower one to end yeah. it again, so yeah. You, uh, you seem to have good closing. Good clo- either because we, like, just, like, you know, we don't want to hear it. <laughs> it's happened a few times. But there have been some good ones that have, like, actually closed off well. Like, yeah. it, chill. John, you got a, like, more chill vibe, I think. Than yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, this is no big L, that's for sure. No, but it's sometimes good to end on, like, kind of a, you know, like, a more relaxed kind of... Well, depending on what this is, I mean, it could be, like... Yeah, so the, I'm going to play um, LCD Sound Systems, uh, New York, I Love You, But right. You're you know, I, Bringing I, Me Down. I feel bad because I just rolled my eyes when you said LCD Sound Systems. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually haven't heard them. Uh, I just... It's oh. one of these bands that I know of them, and I, I see that the guy... You know the guy with the suit all the time. He is like, the band, really. He writes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just seems band. like such hipster bullshit. I don't. I mean, maybe he's not, but just like everything I kind of hear about them, and you see the type of interviews you see him doing, it's like you know, what's your favorite nightclub to party in in New York? And it's just like, you serious? Like, I think they're good, and I think he he does he. I think the, like the media and the audience kind of projects that onto him. More. I could be totally wrong. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I, I think I, so too. Just, he comes across as pretty... But I do know what you mean. It's like, because there's so often, like, you'll be somewhere and you'll... It's like some LCD sound system song will come on and everyone, like, you know, like, I love this song. This song's genius. Yeah. And it's just like, it's good. It's like... Well, okay. I probably have heard them in some kind of context like that and not realized who it was. I, know. I don't want to... I don't mean to criticize them because I, I don't know. I'm not familiar with too far. Well, I don't know much that, that's about... That impression I, get. Um, I, th- I thought he had played in a punk band earlier than, than Maybe did. beforehand. Maybe James Murphy, that, is that his name? James Murphy, yeah, and I hadn't, I haven't looked into any of that. He used to play for the Bombers. <laughs> See, this is what's wrong with my brain, though, is I have all these facts about, like, I know his name is James Murphy. I bet if I thought hard enough I could name his albums, right? I haven't heard him. I don't know what the fuck music he plays, you know? Yeah. But I know this, like, I don't know, I don't know why I do this. This is what we were talking about when we come up with the songs earlier. This is not on the show, but, like, you were talking about some songs, and I was like, no, that's not who the artist is, and this came on. Oh, this right, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, why do I know this? I don't, it's not important, but... <laughs> Um, it works for sure. Like this yeah, so yes, I only got into them like last year or two, and there are some really poppy, catchy, yeah. dancey tunes. Well, they, didn't they break up? And yeah, so did he did make he, a movie about breaking up or something. Yeah, like? I saw it actually mm-hmm. at uh, cinema or yeah. wherever. Yeah, because I think you two town, were talking about it. And um, yeah, they closed the concert with this song, which is appropriate. And okay. um, he gets a pass from me for being in. He's in the comedy, the new like, Tim Heidecker movie. Oh, is he? Okay. Which is such a good movie. It's out already. It's been out for a while. Or I mean, it's on Netflix. 
Canadian Netflix though? Apparently. But don't you have an Amer- Didn't you get that like? Uh, I got American Netflix briefly, but the problem is when you get American Netflix the illegal way, the the, the lags and the sync isn't right with the vo- voice. Oh, that's and, annoying. So it's really annoying. I watched the Fishbowl movie because I needed to watch the Fishbowl movie. Yeah, because it was important. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, someone someone actually just told me that they well, saw it on Netflix. They added a bunch of new shit to Canadian Netflix, like uh, the whole Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh great! Which I'm gonna try and watch at some point. <laughs> why? Because what do you mean why? Uh, Didn't you watch that show when you were a kid? No, not really. Okay, I did. I, I liked it. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, so yeah, in this movie, he he just kind of called it quits. I think he was getting worn out from touring. And Does he still do? Sorry, we don't keep. Going. I don't know what he's doing now. Like, I I imagine he's got to be doing music in some capacity. But I think he was finding the tours were just you know too much kind of partying. Yeah, he's, he's, well, he's I don't old, know. He's, he's in his forties. Yeah, I don't know how old he is exactly. Yeah. But uh, is it just him doing all of it, or does he have like live? He's got a full band. Okay. And but he's that's interesting because like in this in this movie he doesn't. There's like no mention about the other members and, and their, their just, histories like, and he stuff. He writes all the music he does. in the studio and then just gets. Oh, a band and then just gets like yeah, like I think the same group, like the same sort of backing group, has been LCD Sound System for a while. But he, he, he has a record the, label, right? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he owns. I'm not sure. DFA or something. Don't fuck around. <laughs> so yeah, this song isn't. I mean, it's this is a pretty slow, somber tune yeah, whereas most dirge. of the, most of their stuff yeah. <laughs> most of their stuff is pretty uh, up tempo uh, right. but you know it's about So did you New pick York. this specifically cuz you wanted to end the show with it or did Yeah, you, yeah. I figured yeah, I wouldn't go cuz it's by no means a, a favorite LCD sound system okay. song so, mine it just fit the theme. But I think this this song actually goes back to what what I was talking about at the very beginning of the episode yep. about how people from New York who live in New York talk about how like New York is the idea is over. Yeah. Cuz right. it's kind much of like a See, I didn't, I, this is one of the ones that you guys, you know, we try to show each other the songs before, and I didn't actually get a chance to listen to this one yet, so. Yeah. So this will be my first time hearing it, so. All right. Uh, so, so let's check it out, but what, uh, should we preview the uh, the next episode? Yeah, yeah, because we're going to end the show after this. This is this song is going to close out the episode, so if you want to download this one, obviously you've found a way to download it. But congratulations. You, <laughs> congratulations, you've heard it. Um, but if you uh, want to download it in the previous episodes, just stream them or whatever, it's at witchpolice.blogspot.com, and... Um, you can also get a lot of free music by local artists and whatnot on there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you can email us if you have any suggestions for themes or songs or you want to come on here and talk with us on the air or whatever. Um, Whichpolicemail at gmail.com. And next week the theme is police. Like, not sting. Oh, is there not? Oh, shit. I if, anyone the plays, if anyone plays the police, they're <laughs> kicked off the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless it's from the first. No, even then. Um, all right. So, so no police, but police. Next episode. Yeah. Police. So here's uh, LCD sound system. <laughs> Lots of witch police. Yeah. Not so much just police. Can we have music about witches? <laughs> <laughs> this should be a good episode. Witches. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So this is, so we don't just so we don't do what we usually do and talk, keep talking. Don't John has no chance to play your song. Here's the song. Uh, LCD sound system is called New York. I love you, but you're bringing me down. New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. All right. See you next week. New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. Like a rat in a cage, pulling minimum wage. New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. Mm. 
you're safer and you're wasting my time. Our records all show you were filthy but fine. But they shuttered your stores when you opened the doors to the cops who were bored once they'd run out of crime. New York, you're perfect. Oh, please don't change a thing. Your mild billionaire mayor's now convinced he's a king, and so the boring collect. I mean, all disrespect. In the neighborhood bars, I'd once dreamt I would drink. I love you, but you're freaking me out. There's a ton of the twist, but we're fresh out of shout. Like a death in the hall that you hear through your wall. New York, I love you, but you're freaking me out. New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. Like a death of the heart. Jesus, where do I start? But you're still the one pool where I'd happily drown. For the.